0: Thank you, James for leading us in worship. I do want to second what Ed shared in terms of having in terms of attending the men's discipleship group as well as um well, like there's different things. A men's discipleship group on Wednesday, uh, which is, is kind of like a small group. Uh, there's, I mean, it's a medium-sized group of all the men ranging from different ages in our church. And this is a way for you to get to know some of the other saints that uh, have gone before you or in the same life stage as you or even coming up to uh, your life stage. And it's a really great opportunity for you to get to know some of the older saints. Um, I do believe in 2 Timothy two two that... Paul instructs Timothy to train young, uh, train train men, train up men, so they can go and train other people. Um, and that's and this is, I think, a part of the uh, where our church is growing in that area. Uh, there's been always there's always been this need and desire for discipleship, and I think seeing things like Anchored and Forged and other ministries as well as that are coming up. This is really the answer to prayer. Uh, so if you're a guy and you want other people to pour into your life, I would recommend uh, any of those two groups, whether it's Forged or Anchored, in regards to the a conference the men's conference this is our second one that we've had in a few years we, we weren't able to have it last year for obvious reasons um but i, I would recommend being part of that sign up for it because when i was at grace church i was he was one of those lay elders that we just all the seminary students just like admired um he's a lay elder meaning that he he has a full-time job he has three kids and one on the way, he's married, he's shepherding a Bible study, he disciples, he does all of these different things for the church, uh, and he's still willing to come out uh, to minister to us here in the Bay Area. So he's, he's just a treasure trope of, of wisdom and knowledge, and um, he actually has some experiences here in the Bay Area. I think he went to UC Berkeley. Um, so, you know, he's, he's relatively a Bay Area native, kind of. Um, but it's just a great time to get to know him and get to, and hear from Proverbs. I think he's the guy that you know, every every pastor has like, in at Grace has like a book that they kind of are are known for. Han is known for Proverbs. This is a specialty. If you want to learn how to be wise, and Proverbs tells us if you want wisdom, the first thing you do is acquire wisdom. If you, so if you want to grow, uh, you have to actually t- pursue pursue wisdom, grow in that area. And this, I think, this is one of those venues in which you can really learn from someone that's That's just kind of beyond his years in terms of uh, biblical knowledge and maturity. So with that said, please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. I'm going to jump over a lot of verses uh, this evening, since this is a very huge topic um, and a very interesting one. uh, I'm going to just start there as our starting point, and then we're going to kind of move around scripture. But before that, let's open our time with prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for for you and how you sustained us this week, that you've brought us back from our work and our school. And Lord, we know that as we're gearing up for the weekend, we do want to prepare our hearts uh, uh, tonight to to learn more about you and to enjoy this life under uh, your word, knowing that all blessedness and happiness only comes when we are faithful to you. Lord, be with with us this evening. Give us um, strength. To be able to listen and um, convict us with your word, so that we could be transformed to be more like your Son, and to think, particularly in this topic of rejection, to to see it in a way that um, that doesn't have to be so negative, but in a way that is uh, that, that we could respond in a way that's honoring to you. Thank you for this hand. We have in your Son's precious name, Amen. You've been if you're new here, uh, or just if you're hearing this for this message, the first one in this little series that we're doing. We're actually doing a dating series uh, for the last several weeks. Um, and I think the reason why I chose this, and I kind of hid it for a while, and praying through it was mainly because I want—I know that in this group, this is one, one of those lingering questions that everyone, to, everyone wants to learn more about. Um, instead of trying to answer every little thing, I, I decided to maybe we'll just preach it behind the pulpit to try to give us some biblical uh, principles and guidelines on what you can do and what you can't do and what is um, just wisdom and from the scriptures so you can decide and discern what works best in your context. Uh, we start off talking about biblical anthropology, that if you want to be in a marriage that's honoring to the Lord, you need to know who you are. You need to know that you're made in the image of God and God has assigned to you, whether you're male or female, uh, specific roles that is uh, that God has designed for everyone. Uh, that is something that our culture despises because they don't like the idea that you can, uh, that someone else makes a choice for you. But as Christians, we understand that God makes choices all the time to have to, that we are to submit to. And gender is one of those things. Where you are, where you're in this city, all of these things are predetermined by the Lord, and you're supposed to use it to reflect God's goodness. Then we talked about why... Uh, singleness is not some curse that we think it is. Singleness is not some plight that you're born with that, that, that keeps with you for all of eternity. eternity. No, the only plight that you're born with is sin. You're born with a sin nature, but that's taken care of the moment you become a Christian. And, and, and if you remember that message, I, I wanted to highlight the, the, the goodness of singleness. That is a good thing. That it's not something that you can just, in your mind, think this is just a terrible thing. And that's a curse that I just can't wait to get out of. But for some of you, singleness is something that um, that you might have. And that singleness is actually the eternal state. It's that you, You're married only for this life for a certain amount of time, but singleness is something that will go beyond this time. Then uh, last oh, two weeks ago, I, I talked about why you should not date non-Christians. Uh, I, I, went, I went through different passages from the Old Testament all the way to the New about the dangers of it, and the main danger of dating a non-Christian is that your heart will be turned away from the Lord, and that you'll be hardened to the things of God. Uh, we looked at Solomon and how he clung to all of these, these, all of these women that eventually made his heart turn away from the Lord. And the greatest danger, again, is not relationship issues, having all of these, you know, thousand wives for Solomon, but what was that? His heart was turned, and that danger will go to us as well if we choose to date non-Christians. Then last week I talked about um, about biblical rela- friendships and how uh, diff- and I try to draw as many principles as I can from Proverbs about what a good friend looks like. And there are things that, uh, good, the good things that you want to be and aspire to and also bad things that you want to avoid and I, and I, I like brought those two from the book of Proverbs basically so you know how to be a good friend. Good friend is hard to find and it's even harder to become but it's something that um, that we need to aspire to because Christ is our friend. He's a model of what a good friend should be. Now, to this evening, we're going to talk about rejection uh, in both uh, contexts in terms of taking a rejection or, get, or giving a rejection. Now, I know that this topic is very strange because it's like this, you're in a dating series. Why would you talk about rejection? Isn't that kind of self-defeating? Well, there are a lot of things in life that are like that, um, that seems like that at least. Um, I always find it fascinating when people try to create a problem and then try to also create a solution for that problem. Like in, if you've ever been to Vegas, my wife and I went there for a wedding a few years ago and it's, it's hilarious because there's a place that there's all these casinos there but then all these billboards will say, do you have a gambling problem? Call this number. And it's like, well, wouldn't the solution just be that just don't have casinos and you wouldn't have to have a gambling problem if there aren't casinos to tempt you or if you have an Apple product, Apple Sam just walked by. So, uh, if you have an Apple product, you remember years ago, they decided to take off, take out the, the headphone jack. Right? People were like freaking out, like, oh no, what about my all the headphones I bought? I can't use them anymore. But of course, Apple had a solution. And there's come a twofold. Either buy a new headphone completely, or you can have this dongle. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, then why did you even get rid of it to begin with? Because you don't have to deal with this problem if you didn't get rid of it. In the same way, this is how I feel about the sermon. You know, I'm talking about dating, I'm talking about dating. There's a paradox, like, I'm talking about, hoping that encouraging you to give to have some biblical principles and guidelines so you can find a spouse. But at the same time, we're going to talk about how you can reject someone, how you can say no to someone. Now I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, which side are you on? It's like you're giving tools to the enemy here. Don't you want us to, to get married? And no, I mean, yes, I do, but then, and then some of you are probably thinking, wouldn't, okay, if, if, if the, the way to get rid of gambling addiction is get rid of casinos and the way of get, uh, fixing the, the Apple phone product is, not to, is to put back the headphone jack, wouldn't the solution of not being rejected just tell people to not reject in general? Wouldn't that just solve all the problems or, or, or that no one dates in general? I mean, yes, but I know that some of you uh, don't want that and you, you aspire to marriage. And this is gonna be for some of you, if not most of you, it's just gonna be a reality of life. That at some point, if you ask someone out, that they might say no to you. And I know that might be shocking to some of you. But uh, while others, at the same time, I understand this is a very sensitive topic. Um, a lot of people were hurt by those Friendships were torn apart. People leave the church because of just a terrible experience, and I get that. I understand that. I empathize with it because I was in the same state as as some of you at one point. Um, so I do want to do my best to be sensitive to that pain because I know that's there. Um, but just because it is painful, just because that there is hurt there, it doesn't mean that it's impossible to honor the Lord in that situation. Just because it's very painful, doesn't mean that you cannot honor the Lord in that situation. And I pray and hope that. This message, like every other message you've gone before, it just gives you just, my hope is just to give you some guidelines and principles to, to think through this, whether you're on one end or the other. If you're being rejected or you think about rejecting other people, that you can have some biblical principles to think through these things. Now, I do you want to give a little warning about this? I, I I know a few messages ago I gave this, I said this thing that says it's okay for girls to ask guys out. I said that, and that was my opinion. And I understand that that's not generally the case. So for the sake of consistency in this message, I'm going to assume that the people that are gonna ask people out are guys asking girls out. Because I'm, I'm gonna use those terms, like guys and girls. Um, and I'm going to just assume that uh, the guys are like, doing the normal thing asking the girls out. But just understand that these principles apply to both as well. It's not just exclusively for one or the other. It's, it can be applied to both. And again, an, uh, another warning is that again, for some of you that have been rejected, uh, I'm sure that or, or maybe you've rejected other people, I'm sure you've used some of these principles, so it might sound familiar, which is good. It means that you, at least you're, you're building on a biblical framework, and I'm hoping that you can continue to strengthen that way. Again, uh, my hope here is to give you guys guidelines. So I'm going to go in terms of for this evening, just two big, broad categories. And in those broad categories gonna be little sub points. So I'm gonna start with the first one was how to receive a rejection. We'll go, I don't know which one's negative, but how to receive a rejection or give, a, I guess that's worse. That's we'll, we'll end in a relatively positive note, I hope. But how do we receive rejection? Again, this is assuming that you're a guy and you're asking someone out. What would you? How do you receive rejection in a way that is pleasing to the Lord? This is why I have you cl- turn to Colossians chapter 2, uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And the first point of this: how to receive rejection? Be prayerful. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 said, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert and in, in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So there's this reality that for Christians that you're always praying. Uh, you should always be make your petitions be known. This is uh, similar things with Philippians, right? This is Philippians chapter. Uh, for Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And Ephesians tell us as well to pray without ceasing. The prayer should be a normal part of your life. And especially when you're thinking about the realm of dating or, or when you're thinking about pursuing someone, that you need to think about the possibility that someone's going to say no to you. Remember that we as Christians are constantly called to depend on the Lord, that without the Lord, we are, we are nothing. So you want to ask the Lord to help you take the rejection as gracious as possible. You have to, in your mind, before you even ask someone out, understand that that is a possibility for you, that someone might say no to you. And you got to be okay with that. There's nothing wrong with asking God to provide for you a spouse, and there's nothing wrong if God says no to that. Being prayerful means that you're seeking God for wisdom and you want to do his will and you want his will to be revealed to you. And sometimes that means that person is going to say no and that is the answer from the Lord. If that is the case, you need to thank the Lord in prayer that he's made his will very obvious to you. We often are people that will go to God and ask God, Lord, reveal to me your will. Tell me what you want me to do in this life. And all of a sudden when we, in the realm of dating, Guys will ask girls out and it doesn't go out go in the way that they want thing, and then they go and tell all their friends. You know, instead of actually going tell the Lord and thanking him and praising him for making his will known, we 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 start grumbling to our friends. Like, oh did you you know what just happened? Or friends your friends might ask you, so how did it go? It's like, well, let me tell you what the, she said. And then you just kinda of grumble and it's like, she isn't that godly. I don't even think she's saved. And you just kinda of just keep talking negatively. It's so easy for us, isn't it, to grumble and complain about what just happened instead of going to a, the Lord in prayer and thanking him in 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 giving you the state putting you in the state that you're in you want to pray also because you need God to help you pray and ask God for your needs both in terms of courage to ask someone else ask someone out as well as strength and grace to move on if she says no to you ask God for help so you can speak in a way that is seasoned and and appropriate at the right time this is Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so you will know how you should respond to each person. More, I'll, re- I'll revisit this passage later on. But you need to have a prayerful attitude. In the realm of dating, you must always be praying to the Lord, some probably more than others and probably more intense than, than other circumstances, but you need to have the attitude of prayer. In your prayers, it should never be basically strict on what the outcomes you want. I think sometimes I've, I've said this before. A lot of people would say things like, "Like God did not answer my prayer because He didn't give me what I want." No, God did answer your prayer, and it's not what you want, and that's okay to acknowledge that. Like maybe that's not what I want, but Lord, if this is Your will, then let Your will be done. And that's what we need. We need to have this understanding. If we want to have our minds, if we want to have our minds conform to the image of Christ and have the the mind of God, that means we need to be thankful. And, and, and submit to whatever the Lord has in store for us. Don't be the person that only prays to God only in times if you want something. Pray regularly and always understand that God knows what is best for you and your, for your sanctification and for your holiness. But This is James chapter 1. This is something that we're familiar with. Or in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that God works all things for the good of his people, for those who love him. Now, if you love the Lord, if you trust in him, you will know that that person is not meant for you, and that's a good thing. So prayer, you need to have a prayerful answer. That's how you can be rejected in a way that is fine. It's also like preparing your heart for it when it comes. And so when the person says no, you, you thank them, and then you go and you thank the Lord for making his will very obvious to you. Next, be humble. First, you have to be prayerful. Second, be humble. How do you get rejected in a way that is pleasing to the lord and how do you survive it second is be humble romans chapter 12 verse 3 for though the grace given to me i say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think but to think so as to have sound judgment as god has allotted to each a measure of faith most people get bothered when they get rejected because they have a wrong view of themselves. And Paul here is instructing the people that you need to have an appropriate view of who you are. And some of you might have think it's appropriate, it's like I am so great and that is appropriate and that's consistent to who I am. Like, no, no, no. You have to see yourself in light of who God is. Because if you see your, some people think oh, I'm very godly, I'm very kind, but it's like, are you really? And relative to who Christ is, are you really that kind? Are you, very, are, you are you really that, that's, that patient or loving? No, we're not. And that should humble us. That should make us realize that we don't deserve anything. Usually, people that that go through some sort of, you know, they're like in shock when they get rejected, is because they have a very high view of themselves. And if you aren't humble, then being rejected will be a very humbling experience. James chapter 4, verse 6. It reads, but he says, a greater grace, therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And you have to see that the Lord, in even very difficult times, is really humbling you. I've known a lot of people that that come into the you know, church and things like that with this tough person attitude. And oftentimes, the Lord will put them in their place when someone says no to them. It's funny and, and sad because they it's, it's almost like they... It's, it's a cognitive dissonance. They don't know what's happening to them in, in reality. And it's a reality that, like, okay, you're not as great as you think that you are. And how do we know that? Because God sees us in all of our faults. He sees us in all our flaws. He sees all of those things. And he knows that like, okay, all the little front that you have to other people, yeah, you're not that great. And somehow, sometimes you would use things like, like a rejection to expose those, those, those moments of pride. And there's a sense that we need to remember that we don't deserve anything but the wrath of God. And Christians that are proud and get upset often forget that they are not entitled to anything. Rather, God is not entitled to give them any one. People who have a hard time figuring out why they are rejected, again, go through some sort of crisis of identity, tend to do that because they have a, such a high view of self, and rejection is a way for the Lord to expose your pride. And if that's you, you need to be thankful. If you've ever been rejected before, you need to be thankful that the Lord is showing you where your immaturities are, where your areas of sin, or even idols. It's one thing to say that you want to be sanctified, and it's another thing to actually be sanctified. It's one thing to say, I I totally want to be godly, but it's, it's another thing to actually strive and be humble to be godly. And oftentimes it's hard because it makes us makes a person see their own sin and they cannot turn from it. They can, it's just, here is your sin. It's being exposed right now. What are you going to do with it? Be humble about it. Again, which is why a lot of of ways rejection is a great teacher because it exposes your shortcoming. And you need to praise the Lord for those moments where you're being taught how proud you really are. In other words, although being rejected is personal because you're the one being rejected and she's not interested in you, you don't have to take it personally. You don't have to escalate it, because a humble person will just be appreciative. They understand where they are in relative to who God is. They understand their own depravity. They only understand their wickedness, They're, and they also understand God's goodness in giving them Jesus to die on the cross, die on the cross for their sins. So they don't deserve anything. But the fact that they have Christ and Lord willing to give them something more than that is is a it's an extended measure of grace, but only a humble person can see that. And only a humble person can go into asking someone out, get rejected, and still glorify the Lord in it. So be prayerful, be humble. Third, be, be realistic. Be realistic. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of, is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. By, and and you know, by realistic, I mean have a realistic uh, expectation of what's actually going on in your relationship. I think this is where some guys tend to overthink things. They, and you know, ladies do it too, but I think in particular for guys that want to ask them someone, they, they have this one conversation with, with a sister in the faith and they think, oh, we're so on the same page. I'm going to marry her. And then their minds, they're very drifted to like the ninth date before they even get the, you know, the person's name or you know, ask them out on the first dates. This happens because they're not thinking of things that are true. Their their emotions clog, uh, cloud their objectivity. They think there's actually more to things than they really are. And just because a lady says hi to you does not mean that this is like a proposal or anything like that. But yes, sometimes that's a temptation, isn't it? We get tempted to think, okay, they're interacting with me. They laughed at my joke. <laughs> that means I'm so charming. Like, not. <laughs> don't you get it gets that. But you understand, like, just because you have. Just because a person reacts one, you know, something positive, that doesn't mean that that's that. The, it's, it's just see it as what it is. Don't think more than what is actually there. That and that requires you to guard your heart. It isn't if you're if you're if it isn't, it isn't really dwelling in truth. If you're if you're if you're allowing your mind to drift to things that are not really there, when you think beyond what the relationship actually is. What will end up happening is that you set yourself up for for just dis- disappointment. There's just going to be this expectation that you'll never be that will never be met. That like you laughed at my one joke once. What about the, all the hundred jokes? I was like, well, you're not that funny. So that's why, you know, you just had one good joke. Dwell on things that's that are things that are true, things that are pure, things that are honorable. And this is why when you think about your your your. your, your the lady that you want to ask out, understand? Like, you have to think of things that are pure. So don't see them as some sort of object of lust or anything like that, but see, no, this is my sister. I want, to, I want to think about them in an honorable way. I want to think of things that are pure, I want to think of good repute, things that are lovely, the right things, the pure things, the things that are honoring to the Lord. Don't focus on something that isn't there. Don't go beyond the realities of the situation or, or situations that are not really true. Because oftentimes when people have these things in their mind and they get rejected, it's like their reality shattered. It's because in their mind they've already built like a narrative and storyline and all of these different fun things that has never happened. It's a little delusion that people have. So think of things that are true. And don't overthink the things that you know. Good, the good things. Just keep your heart and mind in check. So be prayerful, be humble, be realistic. And fourth be loving be loving first corinthians 13 this is the love chapter and i think i want to highlight some of the things that that you can be when you're being rejected Verse first corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 love is patient love is kind it's not jealous does not brag it's not arrogant it does not act unbecomingly it does not seek its own it's not provoked it does not take into account a wrong suffered it's not rejoice in, right, un, un, in unrighteousness, but rejoice in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. For the most part, if you are if you friends with a girl, uh, it's hard when that person says no to you. Uh, not because you're you know amazing, but there's you know there it's it's very difficult because you're you're when a guy asks a girl out, there's, there's like a threshold that they're trying to cross. Right, the, like the dangerous friend zone. They want to kind of bridge that gap from like being friends to being something more. And when the person says no, what, what ends up happening is that that love that they think that they have for the, pers- the other person instantly fades away or is really tested. Think about it, love is patient. You know, if someone says no to you, are you gonna be irritable when you see them? Does not, become, does not act unbecomingly. You get like upset and frustrated, like, oh, what do you mean you said no? Does not provoke. Does not keep an account of wrong suffering. This is where I find most people are at. Guys that are super bitter about the world, like, oh, all girls are evil. It's like, no, no, all the girls that you dated or asked out might be evil. But not all girls are evil. It's just that they think because of this one pain that they went through then it must be everyone is like that. And that's not what first and that's what not love that's not what love is. Love believes all things. So you treat every person differently. If you can you ask one person how they say no, you don't you don't carry that over to the next person. You believe all things. You hope all things and you endure all things. Again, love is not it's not it's, it's, love is called to bear all things and is not easily offended. And it's just so funny how how many people act like they love that other person until they get rejected. Love, true love, is not based on circumstances, not based on situation, is not based on whether or not this person says yes to going out with you. Love, true love, is a consistent pattern of your life. Even if that person, if you feel that person somehow sinned against you, just remember that, that love is it forgives. It does not keep a list of wrongs. And if you truly love your sister in the faith, You truly love them that you won't be you won't hold a grudge against them just because they say no to you. Because if you do hold this grudge and you don't really love them, then that means your love is actually a flawed self kind of love. You love yourself and then you didn't get what you want, so you're upset at the other person. You don't need to be unloving just because that person doesn't love you romantically. Don't be bitter. Ephesians chapter four. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So do you see that in your own life if you get rejected or if you've been rejected in the past? Do you find yourself just being just angry at the world or angry at the other person or just upset of, you know, for whatever reason? Do you become self-loathing? You know, oh, I'm not, oh yeah, I am a loser or I'm this and that. Or do you find your identity in Christ? Do you find your confidence in the Lord or your confidence in your own flesh? Be kind to one another, loving and, and by, by forgiving each other. James chapter three, verse four, 14, sorry, James four, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. So if you're bitter, you're jealous, this is not Christ-like behavior. This is not a sign of a mature, godly person. If a person says no says no to you and they're not, is not interested, then it's okay. You thank them, you, you pray for them, and you love them the way that Christ would love them. Again, this is what, sadly what happens when people get rejected. They get bitter at the world and everyone else, but ultimately who they're truly bitter at is the Lord. They're mad at the Lord for not giving what they want. They become bitter and they walk around as if with a chip on the shoulder or the world is against them, or at least all the ladies in the world are against them. If that is you, and when it happens, and when you feel bitter, what you need to do is repent of it. See this as God's way of exposing your sin and your sinful tendencies. There is a way in which for a person to be rejected and still be honoring to the Lord. And I trust that if you're prayerful, if, you have a, if you're have if you realistic about everything, if you're humble, if you're loving, and even if someone says no to you, you have this expectation, this hope that they would say yes, but they say no to you, you can still praise the Lord and still walk away relatively unscathed. It is going to hurt, yes. And that pain is real, yes. Uh, but in the end, you go to God for your comforts. You go to him and you know, hey, Lord, this hurts. I don't like this feeling, but Lord, there's no one else that I have other than you that can alleviate my stress and my pain. You trust the Lord. You continue growing your faith in him through this trial. So now we're, t- we're done. Now that we're, you know, now we're going to switch from guys asking girls out and being rejected to girls how to give a rejection. I know this is like giving, like I said earlier, it's like giving ammo to the other team, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm here, so this is not my field anymore. I'm just, so yeah, I'm playing both sides here. So, how do you reject someone in a way that is honoring to the Lord? I think first thing is like I have four points for the guys here, four, for, four points for the ladies, and again, this is not exhaustive, but these are just the four that I think are, in my mind, the top four. So, how do you reject someone in a way that's that can be pleasing to the Lord and even protect as best as you can the relation? First, you have to just be honest. Be honest with them. Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen. But speaking the truth in love, we're to grow grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. So you have to speak the truth in love, be honest about what how you feel. This is this is one reason why a lot of ladies get in trouble. Whereas guys, you know, they kind of fantasize and think about uh, what the future might like, be like, and they don't even know the person's name. I think ladies sometimes get in trouble when they have a hard time saying no, and they try to make up a story or something to, to kind of like make it easier. Uh, yes, it is hard when guys ask you out, and yes, it is also hard to say no to the guy. But what will make the situation from bad to worse is if you try to create a lie or some sort of scenario to salvage the situation. Uh, something that I think guys often hear from girls is like, I am not ready to date. And that is true for some of you. You might feel that you know, you're not, that's not the case. And that's fu- totally fine. That's fine. Just as long as it's true. Because it has, it has happened in the past where people say, I'm not ready to date. Then not long after that, they find the girl dating somebody else. It's like, well, well, were you just not ready that moment? Should I have just waited a few days? And they just feel confused by this. And they get frustrated. And then you know, they get confused and disappointed. Because they're like, wait, so well, what, what is it? In reality is just the fact that here's something for the guys. You have to learn to take a hint. If she says anything like that, it just means that you, she's not interested in you and that's okay. Um, part of being a man is that you learn to take the hit. Learning, that, yeah, it doesn't mean that guys don't have emotions. You know, ladies, guys do have emotions, uh, but just learn, just know how to be able to do it because if you can't take a small thing like a rejection, you're not going to take some of the bigger issues in life that's going to come your way. So learn to take pain, uh, take the pain and take the fall. And just, be, just have some sort of situational awareness. Um, some of you, again, you might not feel like it dating, and that's okay. But just make sure that that statement is true, because the Lord knows. The Lord knows. I mean, there's like those godly answers, those seemingly godly answers. She's like, it's not, I don't feel like God is telling me to date you. And it's like, the poor guy, like he has not only you to reject them, but God is also rejecting them through you. So it's like a double rejection. But yeah, you know, just be honest. It's okay to say, like, hey, I'm not interested. It's okay to say, you know, I'm not ready to date right now because i want to focus on school or whatever. That's, these are perfectly legitimate reasons. Just make sure that it's true. Just understand that God is really your audience here. When the guy is asking you out, it's not just you two and no one else. It's you you two and the Lord. The Lord is watching, and you want to honor him in the way that you respond to them. Be honest. Speak the truth in love. Romans chapter 12 Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. And how can you have love without hypocrisy is that you're truthful. If you're not interested, just that's okay. If you really are not ready, that's okay. Um, but just always speak the truth. And the Lord does not want you to sin. right? What will make those things situation worse is if you're willing to sin against the Lord over something that's really so petty and small in the eternal sense. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22, since you have... In obedience to the truth, purify your souls for sincere love for the brethren. Frequently love one another from the hearts. So you want to speak the truth and be honest with them. And, and, and look, it's the it's a it's a it's the most loving thing for you to speak the truth in love. It's really unkind when you try to make up something just to get out of this. Again, I understand how strange the situation is. You know when you know when girls are being asked out, um, but you don't have but that doesn't mean you can't be telling the truth. In fact, it shows more respect to the Lord and to the other person if you're honest up front that you're just not interested in them. So the first one, be honest. Second, be understanding. Be understanding. Luke chapter 6, verse 31. This is Jesus' words to to his disciples here he says, he t- teaches them this, that treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Now, it may be hard to imagine for some of you, um, but, being, but, but being rejected is not easy for guys. Like, it, there has to be this understanding that ladies, it's really hard for a guy to pray and then ask for counsel and then find the opportunity and then actually say what they want to say to you, because that's not easy for the guy. It's, it's actually very hard. Um, they're go, there's just a lot of pressures going on and they're trying to figure out the right things to say and they're like bumbling over their words or stuttering and then they're like sweating for some reason and they're like, hello, like, oh yeah, yeah, hi. Uh, by the way, can I, and, you know, then they go for it and it's just hard for them. Um, but how you respond, you, you wanna try to put yourself in their position, try to be sympathetic in that way. How would you basically, how would you reject someone, or how would you want to be rejected if you're in that position? Like, just understanding their perspective will give you a softer and more tender heartness to it. Um, not necessarily to the guy, but like it's not it's like, oh, I feel so sad for you, now I'm gonna go out with you. That That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that at least be, you're you more understanding and sympathetic, that you're not gonna like quickly dismiss them in a way that's just hurtful, that you're gonna be more mindful of your words is what I'm trying to say. So imagine yourself being in that position. Again, all the things that they have to go through, and ask yourself, if you were to be rejected, how would you wanna be? told you're in that position how would you want to be told that they're not interested in you would you be Would you do it in a spirit of gentleness kindness or mean-spirited Would you, be like, like, you know it's like yeah why you know it's like there's certain things that in body language and your facial expressions I know you most of you guys are wearing masks now so you, you could hide a little bit of that but you know it's still there's there's subtle ways in which we communicate that it can be hurtful for the guy um, so when you think about it, when you say no I would suggest that you think that you thank them. Here's just, again, my, my suggestion. That you thank them for their efforts and you show your appreciation for the, the friendship that you have with them. And guys, if a girl says, says that to you, be thankful that, hey, they still want to be friends with me. Be appreciative that you have friends that are willing to try to preserve that friendship. This is what I talked about last week about biblical friendships, that you guys should cherish each other more than just, oh, that's just someone that I go to church with. That you guys are brothers and sisters, first and foremost. Again, fellas, learn to take, the, take take a hint, and don't escalate. Don't overthink it. In your mind, sometimes you're already thinking, "Oh, she's going to say yes here, and then she'll say yes at the altar." And like, it may not happen. Just have that realistic expectation that she might say no. And if she does, uh, you know, it's okay. Understand that, like, it's it's all fine. That it's hard, but it's it's okay. Just learn to guard your own heart when you're being rejected. And same thing with you. If you want to say no to someone, just be mindful. It Sounds weird, but you almost have like a script in your mind on how you would say it, just so that you can have some guidelines of what you want, would say. That's, that's so that if you're taken by surprise when someone is asking you, at least you can be at least you can, there are like nice and kind things that you can say that it should be true. Um, but yeah, so just, just understand where they're coming from, treat others the way that you want them to treat you. Third, be clear. This is where the Colossians 4. Um, when I made reference earlier about Colossians 4. Colossians 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be, be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. This means that at all times and all circumstances, you speak in a, such a way that has a purifying effect. That's what salt does. I mean, it does a lot of different things, but one of the effects of salt, it has this purifying effect that, that, it, that it helps them. And one way that you can be helpful is that you're clear. Vagueness doesn't help anyone. Clarity is always better, especially since the person that you are about to reject may try to understand why. They, they're like, they're, you know, there are all these emotions coming in. They're trying to understand why. I just understand that Jesus was clear to his people. Jesus spoke, and he was very clear in the way that he commands, and that's how we need to speak as well. Uh, we want we, we want wisdom in the, in the things that we say, but... Hope and we pray that the Lord will give us such discernment that when we speak it's supposed to build up the other person uh, the, when Jesus spoke there was no misleading and there was no one that did not understand except for the Pharisees that you know hardened their heart to the Lord but his disciples they understood he spoke he spoke clearly and so should you so be clear um, so one example of not being clear are things like do you want to go out on oh, these maybe later or possibly or let me think of something that's good, but then something you know you don't you want to try to find ways in which you're very definitive, so that it's clear what's going on. Uh, when when it's not clear, it's not good for any of you. Clarity is important in in, the, in this very stressful situation. So be clear. If, you, if you're not interested in just say just that you're not interested. That's okay. Just do no, it I know that why I just said it very blunt, but yeah, you know, do it in such a way that it is clear, um, but at the same time doesn't make them you know like. They're, they're, and not think of any loose answer. Oh, maybe she meant this. Like, no, no, she meant no. Um, or, or guys, if that's you, if you, you can ask, like, what do you mean by that? Is it, you know, you can ask clarifying questions. But ladies, do your best to just try to be as clear as possible. It helps the guys out, because they're, they're, you know, again, their emotions and their minds, it's already kind of all over the place. Um, it is a nerve-wracking experience. It's not easy. Um, so just be understanding that way, and just be clear, as clear as possible. And lastly, the fourth point for the ladies and is exactly the same as the guys, is be loving, be loving. I read First Corinthians thirteen, same passage again. Love is patient, love is kind and is not jealous, love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffer, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Rejecting someone doesn't always have to end only in pain. It can be a time where you can you see this as a way to build your brother up. You can turn them down in such a way that will help them turn, be more like Christ. Uh, so don't be awkward towards them. You know, one of the things that happens is that, or it's very easy to do when you reject someone is so that you tell other people, and you tell how you tell him, oh, he was so weird and awkward, and you talk down to them about the whole thing, and that's not helpful for the guy. It's not helpful in terms of protecting him and who you know he, he's your brother too. It's not helpful when you tell other people how weird he was because it's a it's an awkward situation, and that's not a loving thing to do. Um, you know, it's you, you want to be patient. You want to be kind. You want to you know don't you don't want to do the things that are not pleasing to the Lord. One way that you show biblical love, even if, and especially after a person gets rejected, is be loving to them the way that Christ wants you to be. It's not wrong to reject someone that you don't want, that you don't see them as your spouse, but never forget that Christ redeemed them too, that that person that you're rejecting is made in the image of God. And because of that, you need to love on them the way that Christ would want you to love them. Again, you guys are all united in Christ in that way. You guys are, have, a, have a fellowship with Christ, and that should make you um, see that your friendship is not over because you guys have Christ, and that's the, what grounds your relationship. Now, I made a list of some common questions I usually get asked, or I'm anticipating some of these questions. And these are some questions that comes in this topic, and some of them is, would be maybe helpful for some of you. I'm sure if you have more questions, feel free to email them. But here's one, of the, here, I have four questions that people will, might might think about when they're thinking about this, asking someone else and being rejected. First question is this, how do I know when I should ask someone out? I think we're gonna actually talk about this a little bit more down the line in the in the series moving forward. But this does take a level of wisdom and situational awareness. You obviously can't ask someone out out of the blue. Again, unless it's like online dating, I get that, that's at least, you guys, have, it's like agreed upon that you guys don't know each other. Um, but when in a normal circumstance, like in the church context, you should at least know that person. Um, and you should get to know them a little bit more. And and again, this looks different for everyone. And I would advise you to have someone older in your life to even see if you're ready to ask someone out. Or if, or if you know that the person is being discipled by someone, then you can ask them, hey, is this person open to a dating relationship it's good to have other people in your life to help maybe screen some things for you to give you better insight into your life and your situation when I was when I first met Kelly I went to that Bible study that we were part of GOC um, I was like, super i had like a major crush on her i was like wow she's so great and I was like two or three months after it was like two months after i started attending the bible study and i told my disciples hey do you know this kelly girl she's like oh he's like oh yeah kelly's great she's way ahead of your league but why do you ask i was like oh um, well i I was thinking about asking her out And and he's like oh yeah totally again you don't deserve her but here's my advice since you're new here and this is when i was only here for there for like a month or two it's like you should probably ask her after you return from the christmas break like just come ask her in january this is already october this november's thanksgiving and then christmas you're not going to have that much time to get you no know, just just give some time you don't want to be that weird creepy under shepherd that just shows up and starts and then leaves with a bride right away because she might say no to you and it's like oh that's sound wisdom so I, that's why i just okay, i took his advice and then i just prayed um you know throughout that break and I remember asking the Lord, like, Lord, if you want me to date Kelly, uh, make it obvious to both of us, uh, give me the opportunity to ask her out. But if I say, but if she says no, provide for her someone that will be um, godly, like a leader, like a protector, that, lead her, that, protect her, that do all the things that you would want a husband to be. And allow, or if not, then just let her be content and let me be content as well. Um, and I did. That's why I did. I prayed, and then eventually, when we got married, I brought her to us. But I was like, I prayed for you right there. Ha uh, Everything goes full circle now. But it was that having that godly counsel in my life I said, Hey, you should wait a little bit. That gave me, okay, like, okay, yeah, this, this, that's the right thing to do. Because again, she didn't. We didn't really know each other that well at that time. And she said, yes, yeah, give some time to her, for friendship to grow, and ask her out later on. Um, I can share some other time what happened afterwards but you should have some level of familiarity with that person, it gives you more information to see whether or not this person would be interested in dating. Uh, this, is just, this, is why, this is just my opinion in terms of just knowing how to, how to gather data for you to, so you have like, just understand what the situation is so you can honor the other person as well it'll look different from person to person situation to situation for some of you it's going to be very obvious that that person's interested in you and that's okay then you should go for it you're going to have to discern this is why i said earlier about you know in the previous message that you know dating it requires you to be a mature christian it requires you to discern what's the best time for you you have to no one can tell you exactly what to do they can only give you some level of opinion and their perspective on things but at some point you're going to have to make you're gonna have to act in faith. You're gonna have to trust the Lord and act in faith, but there's no there's no way you can 100% know every little thing before you make a decision. So that's why I would advise like how how do I know when to ask the person out? Um, just get to know them a little bit more. Get to know those people that are in their life that are, that can help give you some information and to help you think through some of these things. That's the first question. Second question, what if the guy I rejected? or in the, during the conversation, was the guy I rejected asked me why I said no. Now, here's a side note to you fellas. If, you're, if you ask that question, be prepared for the answer. Like, don't be like, what are you talking about? Why are you saying that means something?" It's like, no, you asked, okay? You asked and you need to be willing to take the answer. Make your yes, yes. So if you're gonna ask a question, hey, why did you reject me? Or why are you not interested in me? okay there are certain things that that's opening a certain door that might hurt you and you just have to be okay with that and also i want to advise that in these moments you must be willing to be quick to hear and slow like very slow. like what is that animal in zootopia the, the sloth like you have to be like sloth slow in your speech okay because you need to listen if you want to ask that type of question and you have to understand and see that if that this is a grace of god that she might be pointing out something in your life and she's saying these things as a as a loving sister, um, and you can again. This goes back to the humility thing, right? If you're humble, then you're willing to take these take these corrections. And who knows? Maybe these corrections will actually make you desirable for that other person. You can ask again another time. Again, there's uh, there's no answer for this exactly because it depends on person to person. But for some, if it could be, you know, some one reason why, if you ask, and the girl says, well, here's an example. Like, I don't think you're a mature guy. I, I just don't find you mature. <laughs> but again, be clear. And, you, and not only that, but, ex- but if they're asking, here's okay, they're asking, Then explain and tell them, what do you see in their life that makes you think that? I have a tangible evidence. Um, you can say like, okay, I noticed that you, um, you don't show up to, to church on time. You're always late to things when we have hangouts. Um, the way that you talk doesn't seem. Again, you have to decide, discern how many you want to say. I would recommend just one or two things. Don't like list like a whole grocery list of like all these things that need to work on. But just understand, guys, if you're asking this question, you are gonna you're, you're opening yourself up for the Holy Spirit to convict you of a lot of different things in your life. Um, again, you can uh, even. But after that, though, you do want to express thankfulness that this person's willing to um, you know, ask you out. And for you as a guy. If you hear these things, be thankful that the Lord is you, is in this, and his providence is allowing you to hear areas in your life that you need to work on. If he has a problem with you know, self-discipline, or lack of discipline, because um, you see in just how, he, how, he, how irresponsible he, he is in his life, and if you're hearing that, you need to really think about it. It's like, yeah, maybe this is true. Maybe no one is willing to tell me this until this person that, I'm wanna, that I want to ask out. And that's totally fine. Now, there is some things that you, again, ladies, if you're going to reject, if the guy is asking you why, make sure the thing that you're saying is actually more character, that actually helps them be more like Christ, and not like superficial things. Like, don't be like, I don't want to date you because you're ugly. Like, that's not edifying and helpful. Think of, like, what can I say that can help them be more like Christ? You know, don't, like, again, how would you like to be rejected? Think of that like if you were going to be rejected how would you want to be rejected you would want someone to s- encourage you to strive to be Christ likeness not like okay i don't like your face cuz you know what am i do with the you know you can't do much with it most of you remember again guys take a hint if they're if they're listing one or two things you don't have to just like okay hit me more <laughs> like no you don't have to go there um, but just don't drag it out it's just going to make it more complicated and awkward um, it's going to be hard for you to muster the courage to ask her out, but it's also hard for them to say no to you, too. Um, just understand this from both sides. This is, it can be difficult. And again, if the lady if it's like, why are you saying no, and why do you want to go out with me? If she says, I'm not interested in you, that that could actually be it. Like She's not attracted to you, and that's okay as well, too, because it's true, right? If she's not, then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not wrong that she's not buying what you're selling. Okay, that's okay. Um, she's, you know, not... Forced to be married to you or whatever. It's not a sin against the Lord if she says no to you. Um, But again, here's the encouragement. Just because she is not attracted to you or don't find you attractive or whatever, that doesn't mean that another sister or all sisters in the world think that same way. It's just that person. Okay, that's okay. So again, don't be bitter and think that every lady thinks the same way that she does. No, it's just that person does. Um, Also, ladies, when you reject a guy, don't again don't share this with other people. Uh, try your best to protect your brother protect his integrity and nobody likes to be rejected but every guy will at least appreciate it if they are treated with the respect compassion and honesty in those moments make a quick prayer and ask god to give you the grace to speak the truth in love in a way that would preserve your friendship that you guys have in christ third question two more <laughs> or yeah, two more can i ask out Person against, can I ask this person out again if they rejected me once in the past? Again, it all depends on the situation. Maybe you're like in that second category, where You ask like, "Hey, um, I want, uh, I want, uh, would you go out?" And you say, "No, I don't think you're mature." And then all of a sudden, you, you become more mature, and then things change. You're you're more sanctified. She's more sanctified, and your relationship might actually, your friendship might actually get better, and that might change. And that that's okay too. I think to just here's my advice: just don't be that creepy person that's just waiting there, like like not working your sanctification just like waiting okay okay it's been five months i'm good now i'm gonna go ask like no don't be that weirdo um work in your life work in christ like work and be more christ-like during that time and if the lord provide another opportunity the lord moves in your heart to maybe go and ask that person out if those people in your life that say hey yeah maybe you can try it now then yeah maybe that's the lord um moving you towards that direction do you remember several years ago at the bible counseling conference the the bill shannon was the, the the speaker like I'm, I'm really good friends with his son-in-law and he was rejected. His daughter rejected my friend like three times before he, she said yes. And I was like, wow. And he asked her dad like multiple times, like, can I ask your daughter out now? I was like, uh, you can try. She's gonna say no, but you can try. And he gets rejected. Months later, can I ask her out now? You can try. And he does multiple times. Eventually, you know, they got together. So, was, so all that to say is that there's no right or wrong answer. You just have to discern in your circumstance whether or not the Lord's moving your heart to, to, to ask this person out. At the same time, ladies, understand the Lord can work in your heart as well, that maybe you don't find this person attractive and the Lord might change them in your heart to make you actually think, hey, that person's not that bad. Or at least not that bad right now. Maybe back then he was pretty terrible, but now he, the Lord has definitely worked in his life. Last question. I think I'm going to spend a little bit more on this one, but this last question is this. What if no one asks me out? Or what if no one says yes to me? In some ways, this is like a passive and active way of rejection, right? It's passive if, you're, if no one is asking you. That's like saying, that's almost like a rejection, and, or active if you're asking people out and they're all saying no to you. What do I do with that? Again, this is, I, I struggled with this question because I know this is, this is a hard question, and I know this is a question that a lot of you are thinking through. In some ways, this is this is the hardest question because it's it's a form of rejection that even if no one asks you, and then again, the opposite is also true. What if no one says yes to going out on me? And you know, both both guys and girls are in this category. The principle on being rejected, I still think, applies here. So if you think of that first category of, of being rejected, I think that applies even if no one asks you out or no one's going to say yes to you. What you would, what I would advise, and I think what's biblical here, is that you pray that the Lord. We'll, we'll provide you someone. But at the same time, be content and continue to entrust yourself to the Lord, knowing that you are where you are now because God wants you to be, and that's His love toward you. He thinks that's actually best for you at this time. Praise the Lord for others um, that you see that are getting into relationships. Now I understand, you know, when people get start dating, or they get engaged, and get married, or you're at weddings, or you're part of the groomsmen, like the wedding party. It can be very difficult to constantly go to all of these weddings and you're not there. Like you're, you, No one's asking you out, you're not getting married, but you're seeing all of your other friends getting married. And it's true that you might want to rejoice with them, but you'll find it hard to let go or not to think about your own pains and reminders of your own singleness. Kind of like you're always the bridesmaid or groomsman and never the bride or never the groom. It's not to say that you fake a smile or that your happiness for them is not genuine, um, because I know some of you are truly happy for them, but that happiness that you have for them doesn't remove the reality of the pain that you are feeling. And I think part of that pain comes because there's this fear of isolation and loneliness. This is f you're just afraid of well, what happens if I'm no one's interested in me, I'm older, and then you know, there's other people that are getting married and you're just thinking about all of these things. But understand that the Christian life is not a isolated life. Because we have the church. That's kinda of what it goes back to I said last week about biblical friendships. You rejoice knowing that you are not alone. You're not truly alone. You may not have the the type of intimate relationships that you have with a spouse, but that doesn't mean you can't have intimate relationship with those that are your brothers and sisters in the faith. You rejoice with them because you genuinely love them and your hearts are knit to them, but know also that means that their heart is knit to you as well. This is why biblical friendships are so important because we are all here for one another. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Usually we forget this truth during those moments of, of just sadness, anger, and bitterness that creeps in when we see people get married or engaged is that, you know, we have one another in Christ. When Christians find it difficult, it's because we aren't willing to experience the joy that others are facing key is to see other people's happiness success and victories as your own again this goes both ways some of you are engaged some of you are dating some of you will eventually get married what my encouragement for you now is to think about this is that you don't neglect those that are single that don't think oh i'm going to blueprints i'm never coming back or see you later you know it's like no they're they're your brothers and sisters they're your family and you don't lose them just because there's a ring on your finger anymore difficulties pains and losses that they experience should also be your pain as well I think that's where people that are married tend to forget they look down on single people like what's wrong with you why aren't you married and they they, they don't empathize with those that are struggling with that loneliness and that's why some people think that dating is like this upper echelon of godliness when it's really not and that's a wrongful attitude by married people and I hope that as if the Lord does provide for you a spouse that you don't think that way you don't you don't think I'm not gonna spend time with single people because how am I gonna relate to them? How are they gonna relate to me? No, that's that those things, those superficial status things, does not matter. What matters the most that you guys have, that, that we all have in the family of God is that we have Christ and we have one another. The church is a grace from God that we have. It's not sinful, it's not sinful to feel the sting of wanting of of, of, of singleness. It's not that's not. That's not wrong, but it it can be a sin if you allow that sting to translate into hate and bitterness against the Lord and other people. It is possible to be happy and sorrowful at the same time. It's, It's possible that you can be at a wedding and you feel the sting of your loneliness and be happy for your friend, but it is impossible to be worshipful and grumbling at the Lord at the same time. You can't say, I worship the Lord, I love the Lord, and yet grumble against him for the for the situation that you're in right now? When you find yourself in need, do you look to God and go to him in prayers or do your sorrows cause you to become a complainer? This is a battle that most of you are going to face in your singleness. How can I rejoice with those that rejoice? How can I be happy when all my other friends are getting married? It's a battle that can't be won, however, only if you continue to entrust your life to the Lord. Being rejected and rejecting others doesn't have to end. It's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing that can happen to you. It can be a way in which God has revealed to you both that you shouldn't be together romantically. And that's, again, praise the Lord. Brothers, please pray and praise the Lord for it because a true brother in the faith will always want to look at what's best for their sister. And that, in some cases, what's best for your sister is not you. You need to thank the Lord for that because it's not best for her and you want what's best for your sister right that's what you want sisters pray that god will give you wisdom to decide if that this brother is not someone you want to say yes to or no to and again you can even when i talk about clarity you can also say can i have time to think about that's that's fine just set a time don't say i'm thinking about it and then drag it on for like years you know they think well okay just be be honest set of times hey let's talk about this a week from now or something give me time to pray something like that's 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 at least honest but yet pray that the Lord will give you wisdom that if the Lord is you know this is someone that you want to say no to that you do in such a way that is filled with grace filled with love and kindness in both cases we must always seek to honor the Lord in all the circumstances I wanna end by reading First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, in everything, in the Greek means everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And everything here involves being rejected as well. Let us pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. And Lord, help us, for some of us that are struggling with feeling empty. Um, The desire to find a spouse is not a bad thing, and it's a good thing to have those desires. But Lord, sometimes it is not in your will that you want certain people to get married. And and Lord, I do pray that we can learn to be thankful and appreciative, to be grateful for the life that we do have, not the life that we want to have. Lord, we know that we may be rejected by people in the church, but we're not rejected by you. Because of what your son has done on the cross for us um that we're that we always will have you that we belong to you for all of eternity and may that truth be the the ground for us to worship you better and to love you more and to love our brothers and sisters more and lord for the, the brothers that are uh, going or planning to ask someone out may you give them just the the wisdom to speak the truth and love and to ask in a gracious way and if it is your will that they don't date someone that you can that you give them a Christ-like attitude, that they can be humble, and that even their rejection is not nearly as bad as the rejection that you faced by your people. Lord, to pray for the sisters here um, that may have to reject someone, that you can use them and uh, uh, the things that they say to build up their brothers, that they don't see this as a as, as an annoyance, uh, but are appreciative of their of their brothers that they have here. And Lord, may, if it's your will that you can use them to help build the other brother up, you give them uh, the right words to say to do that. And Lord, we know that all of us here have one another and that we don't view each other in terms of our marital status or, or life stage, Lord, but that we see each other for how you, how you made us um, and how you redeemed us, that we are all brothers and sisters uh, made in your image, uh, purchased and ransomed by your blood now brother and now children of you Lord and may we love each other the way that would be honoring and pleasing to you thank you for this time and your word in your son's precious name Amen